to another Mega Bros podcast. My name is Danny. And I'm Donnie. And Donnie, tonight I think we're going to, you know, I, I think it's a series that we owe this to, but we're going to talk about some Legend of Zelda. Um, this year is the 35th anniversary, and if uh, the Mario anniversary in 2020 is any, you know, sign of things to come, it, it, I I feel like Nintendo's going to make this a pretty special one. I'm always down for any time Nintendo decides to give us special anything. I mean, Lord knows some of these franchises we have to wait years for, but Zelda, obviously, we've talked about as one that's near and dear to our hearts. I mean, that is really some of the most formative games in my personal gamer education, if you will. So I, I'm pretty excited to see what happens, you know, especially with the most recent new game coming out being Breath of the Wild. I mean, that was that was obviously a tour de force for sure. Yeah, and, and as I mentioned before, I think just about every one of our lists, even probably some of our food lists, ironically, had Legend of Zelda at the top. I mean, it, I, it's just such a great series, and and as you mentioned, so formative, and I, I just, I still remember the first time I picked up um, Link to the Past the, being my first game, and it just, really just wonderful games. I, I don't, I've played some that maybe haven't hit the mark, and, and we'll, you know, get expand that a little bit more, but just about every game has been top-notch. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, first of all, yes, The Legend of Zelda is delicious. Like, let's let's clarify that up front. It's right up there with seasonal Reese's and Cadbury cream eggs. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> that being said, I mean, it's you know, for me, like I remember playing the original Legend of Zelda back before my parents sold our NES. Ugh. Still mad. Terrible. Anyway. I remember playing the original Legend of Zelda, and that was one of the, one of the first games, like, that's what got me into like adventure and role-playing games, because I had no clue what I was doing. But then I figured out that you walk into the cave and there's a dude giving you a sword. I'm like, wait, people will give you stuff if you just walk up and talk to them? Mind blown. And that's where it went from there. Yeah, it's one of those games that really, it it teaches you to play without holding your hand. And, I, you know, I know it was probably more of a technological hindrance at the time, like, you're not going to have all these tutorials popping up in your face. It was the NES, and even the SNES, like it, it, it was better off. But it was, you learn by exploring, and that's half the fun of it. Um, and you know, I just I remember stumbling upon all these different secrets. Like even, you know, up to Ocarina of Time, they don't. It, you're rewarded for exploring, but that's the fun of it too. It's not, you know, it, it it's not like you're forced to do it or. Um, you know, in a, in a game like Fallout, which I love Fallout, but you're you're exploring, but you're really just picking up everything. There's not really any rhyme or reason to it. You open every cupboard and whatnot, and you just pick up the item there. But with the Zelda game, you, you want to explore every crevice of that cave because you're looking for that treasure or, you know, a golden skulltula or just any different thing. But it's it just more, I don't know, I always felt it was more rewarding. It's more purposeful, really, and the way you described playing Fallout is exactly the way I play Skyrim, by the way, which is why 90% of the time I just turn on the cheat to give myself a million carrying weight, because otherwise I can't move. <laughs> no, there's just not enough room for all those carrots and potatoes that you find in there. Cheese wheels, man. There was one playthrough I literally had an entire house full of cheese. Um, <laughs> it, it would it would crash upon entering the house. Like I, I literally can't even open that save game anymore. <laughs> cheese is a powerful thing man <laughs> truly but you know i mean and like you said though i think like you talk about like these modern like adventure games i think they're inspired by the zelda series in general i i, I think the zelda games really are so wide-ranging that i'm not sure that there is an rpg or an adventure or even like certain kinds of action games that you really could say don't draw some influences from that like you want to talk about like the action piece of things it, it gets underrated here but the sword combat in 
Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask was downright revolutionary between, like, the Z-targeting and, you know, having, like, just a couple of different buttons for each attack, but also being able to rotate around and, like, slice and dice and jump forward and jump back and, you know, block all... Like, that was the type of thing that you just didn't really have that level of, like, detail and precision in previous games. Like, I, I personally can't think of any prior to Ocarina of Time. I mean, I'm sure... There's a couple of you out there who will tell me how wrong I am, and by all means, please do. But, like, to me, like, that was the real formative, like, in the 3D era of, like, this is what, like, weapon-based combat could look like. Yeah, because even now I feel like there are, you know, games struggle with that. And it's hard, you know, to play in a 3D world with, like, you know, monsters running around and whatnot. The the Z-targeting thing was so, it was such a good idea. And, you know, Zelda's always had sword combat. But it, it should never, you know, take away from it. And as much praise as we want to heap on the series, it does make me think of one that didn't quite hit the mark. Um, and I haven't played it to the end, to be honest with you. I, I had to put it down. But that's Skyward Sword. Um, and what's kind of disappointing about that one is it's supposed to be the first game in the timeline. And, like, that's that's one that I, I want it to be better than it was. But, you can you know, I, we've griped about motion control before, but I, I just don't. I don't like the way it works. Yeah, Skyward Sword was one that I, I honestly didn't... I, I, yeah, I'm i going to confess here. I didn't pick up. Um, it was really during my I'm not a console gamer phase, which probably, <laughs> you know, <laughs> probably a dumb thing to go through, for being honest, but really, like, it was more a matter of, like, I didn't have the money to afford console games, and I had just found, like, cheap games on Steam, so that's where my money was going. Um <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Steam has all my money. I mean, yeah, they absolutely do. They basically could just walk into my wallet at any point they want. But, you know, really, like, we've talked about Skyward Sword. I've seen reviews of it. I've seen people playing it on YouTube, on, you know, Twitch. And, you know, it just... I never got the sense that there was anything, like, groundbreaking about it. There wasn't anything that really drew you in and be like, this is a capital Z Zelda game. Like, it was just kind of a... It was a Zelda game. Yeah, and, and like I said... Being the beginning of the storyline, I wanted it to be a little bit better, uh, but it, it just didn't it didn't get there for me. And while we're on the subject, I'm going to be honest with you too. I haven't played a lot of the some of the handhelds like Minish Cap and um, you know uh, Link Between Worlds. I've heard they're good, and I would like to get to them someday. But to me, when when you're talking about Zelda games, you're talking about really the heavy hitters where you have Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, which is superior, uh, Twilight Princess, and you know I. We'll get to Breath of the Wild a little bit, but even that, too. So, to be clear, Ocarina of Time, which is the greatest game of all time, and I will literally fight you about this and whoop your ass. I mean, to me, like, I agree with you on the portable piece. Like, to me, like, handheld systems are for Pokemon games. Um, (laughs) That is just the reality of it. And, like, ports of old Super Nintendo games, which I'll play for, you know, hours, weeks at a time. That's fine. But... I'm with you, like, it's kind of hard, to, I don't want to say it's hard to take them seriously, but that's exactly the problem. Like, it, like a lot of them, they use, like, the Toon Link stuff, and that's never been an aesthetic that I've enjoyed. Like, even Wind Waker, I was just like, I mean, this is a good game, but I don't like looking at it. Like, it looks like a like a kid's cartoon, and, you know, I, I to me, it was like a, it was like a step back tone-wise, because you had Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask that really had, like, Ocarina of Time has had this, like, gritty, like, high fantasy tone without being too dark Majora's Mask is a fucking nightmare if you actually sit there and like drill down on what's going on in the plot and you know the fact that there is a terrifying moon about to destroy your entire fucking planet 
you know, so like when you talk about the handhelds and and you know the aesthetic and the the gameplay, I mean, like there, believe me, like I played some of the older ones. Like you talk about, like Link's Awakening was amazing. The Oracle of, Age, of Ages and Oracle of Seasons, those were something completely different. But those were the last ones that I really played. I remember the Four Swords Adventures coming out. That was like a four player one, and I was like, why? Like I'm sure somebody out there can tell me why it's good, but I, the last thing I've ever wanted to do is play Zelda with someone else. Yeah, that that one just didn't uh, resonate with me either. I think my brother had it at one point. We both did, maybe. But I, the weird thing to me was you had to do four player with like a link cable, and it just it, it felt messy. And you're right, I didn't want to play Zelda, you know, four player. It it didn't make sense to me. Um, but you know, going back to the the Toon Link and the graphics and whatnot, if you remember at the time when the GameCube was announced, if you can you know, dig back, wait. In oh, part, I know where I you're going with thing. this, yeah. Yeah, the, the Nintendo World, you know, demo of it with Link and Ganon battling, and I, you know, implore anyone to go YouTube it and find it, because it looks so good, and it was badass, and it was, to give you a quick rundown of it, it was Link and Ganondorf fighting, and I think at one point Link threw his sword off, and it was just mano a mano, hand-to-hand combat, and it just when you watch that you got so excited and it's like oh here we go it's gonna be a great generation of zelda and then we got wind waker and i think that's aged better because i to link you know take it or leave it but the graphics of the everything and you know you look back at the way they did the wind graphics there too i i think it wound up being better than everyone thought but when you're you know when you're promised prime rib and you get a burger that can be the best burger you've ever had in your life, but it's not prime rib. That's true. And like to be clear, Wind Waker was a really good game. I really enjoyed playing it, but I, you're exactly right. After seeing that Nintendo World demo and seeing what... I mean, like the gra- the graphics in that video would, would put you know, some later generation games to shame, let alone what everything else that was on the GameCube at the time. So, I, I mean, and then like you... But you, like you also saw like what they did with like Metroid Prime, and you were like, if you had... That kind of detail to it, I think, like, that would have been more pleasing for me. Um, but yeah, I think Wind Waker gets remembered very fondly, and, and, and rightfully so. But like I said, it's just, it just wasn't my particular cup of tea. Like, I enjoyed it, but it's never going to be in the Pantheon for me. No, I, I completely agree. And then, you know, as we get through the GameCube life cycle and we get to Twilight Princess, um, I put that on the GameCube because, again, I don't like motion controls, and it released for both of them, so we're going to ignore the Wii version of it and just talk about the GameCube. That, again, showed what you could do with good graphics, and I I think Twilight Princess is another one that, you know, highly acclaimed at the time, but I do think that's another one that, as people look back at it, it kind of looked a little better because it was at the end of the GameCube lifecycle or the beginning of the Wii, whichever you want to go with, and I, I do think motion controls hurt it a bit, but again, if you play it on the GameCube, you don't get those motion controls, and I think that's how it's meant to be played. Yeah, I remember playing it on the Wii with a motion controller, not with a motion controller, with the GameCube controller, and that was a very reasonable way to play the game, and I enjoyed it very much. But also, like, it was, it just had, like, a much better, like, aesthetic to it. Like, the whole, like, Twilight thing and the whole, like, you know, turning into a wolf, like, it was just, it looked cooler. And to me, like, that's really what what Zelda should be like it should be an adventure it should be like somewhat fantastic like it should be a little out there give me that any day of the week I really enjoyed Twilight Princess you know I can definitely understand your your bias against the motion controls because let's be real nobody wants to sell you more peripherals in this world 
than Nintendo. And I'm oh, gonna inclu- I'm including even Apple on that list. Like oh wow, Nintendo just always wants to come up with some new device to make you play your games differently. And let's be real. They have had some notable successes in that. The Wii, regardless of what we're saying about it right now, is an unqualified success. Like, Wii Sports alone, I mean, do, like, do you know anybody that hasn't played Wii Sports? Like, even your grandparents played Wii Sports. Oh, yeah, the Wii was an unmitigated success. I can I cannot argue with that. I mean, I, I think, and I haven't looked anything up because I'm not ready for this, but I believe it's one of the best-selling consoles of all time. I, I'm pretty sure it is. Like, the Wii was one of those things where, you know, every gamer was like, eh, PlayStation, eh, Xbox, and everybody with a pulse was like, dude, get a Wii. It's much more fucking fun. And, it, you know, a lot of games worked for it. I, I don't, like, Metroid Prime, or, yeah, Metroid Prime 3, I, I thought did motion controls right because it's, it's one of those games that doesn't beat you over the head with it, but it, like, it, it flows. And I think... You know, if Zelda could have done something like that, because I just, you know, one of my problems with Skyward Sword is every time I had to swing a sword, I had to swing my controller. And I'm a fat, lazy gamer. I don't want to do that for three hours straight. Uh, And, you know, because it was kind of the beginning of the motion control error, I don't think the technology was fully there either. Uh, I mean, you look at it now, the the Joy-Con on the Switch controllers have way better motion control and like, you know, they refined it more. So I think you could probably make it work now. At the time, it was frustrating. Yeah, there were, there were some games that worked real well with it. Some games where you're like, oh my god, why would you even do this? I mean, you know, but it's the type of thing that, like, really, I, I feel like, takes a lot of iteration. And I think this is where Nintendo kind of goes wrong a lot, if I'm going to, like, go big picture here for a minute. Like, Nintendo has these brilliant, wonderful ideas. I mean, Miyamoto is a goddamn fucking genius. Like, there's just oh, no... Yeah. There is no competing. There is no keeping up. Like, the, the man is a machine. Oh, yeah, he's a treasure. The thing is, though, is he's always, like, 18 steps ahead of everybody, and that means that people don't really pick up on the things that he's putting down sometimes. And a lot of times, like, Nintendo, like, with these, like, flagship games, like, they're so far ahead of, like, the developers that are making games for their for their systems that you just see, like, the other developers don't even enter the enter the arena, so to speak, you know? And they've always had that problem since, I mean, the N64, where, like, the third-party support just isn't there. And part of it is because, like, they keep doing these, like, these gimmicks, these you know, different things. I mean, the GameCube controller was a, was a weirdo thing at first. The Wii, obviously, completely different from anything else. Like, um, the N64 with three handles, I mean, like, watching people try to figure out how to hold an N64 controller for the first <laughs> time was a treat. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's... It doesn't make any sense to anyone, and I think we all have our own special way of holding it. <laughs> I, I literally saw someone that would hold it, like, upside down. I, I, I still, to this day, have no idea how he, how he actually, like, did anything, <laughs> but, like, like the buttons were on the bottom. I, oh, I... <laughs> Once you learn how to use it, I mean, that's it. You, you got the muscle memory forever. That, yeah, he, he, he was something else. He was a weird dude. But, um... <laughs> but getting back to Zelda here, I mean, I, I feel like that's... Like, Nintendo has pushed the envelope with some, with certain games. And I feel like Zelda is one of those things that when they just sit down and they make the best game they can make without trying to be, you know, super duper, um, I don't want to say innovative because obviously innovation is like their big thing, but like when they don't sit here and try to reinvent the wheel, but instead make the best wheel they can, they make the best wheels. They really do. Uh, and it's just born out over time. And I, I think as we're getting, you know, to the, the last game and the, most recent game in the series, I should say, uh, kind of looking at our, looking back at it. I think for a while, 
since Ocarina of Time, there was the sentiment that Nintendo just basically released an Ocarina of Time clone every single time. And I don't think that's how off. I also don't think that's necessarily a problem. It was a good formula. It worked. Uh, just, you know, why break it? But I, I think they were, you know, sensitive to that. And I think that's where we got Breath of the Wild. Because that completely broke the mold. And basically, you know, took in a whole different direction. It was critically acclaimed. People love it. I liked it. I just, I don't know if that's the formula that I would want going forward. Um, and for anyone who's not super familiar with it, if you have played the other Zelda games, this one's going to feel different. Um, they literally just put you out in the world. They give you every tool you'll ever need for the whole game. And they just say, yeah, go ahead. You can go to the last boss if you want to. You can go to one temple. You can go to all four. You can use a stick. You can use a sword. You can use whatever the hell you want. Just go ahead. Have fun. And while you definitely have way more freedom than you've ever had before, I don't, I don't love it. it I think after a while, it kind of starts to wear on you. You know, I'm glad you say that because that was kind of my thought. I, I, to me, like when Beth, when Breath of the Wild came out, I mean, first of all, like everyone I knew was saying it was the greatest game they ever played in their entire life, which, you know, I mean, that's high praise. But the thing with with Breath of the Wild, and after I played it for about like the first we'll say hour, hour and a half. You know what it felt like? It felt like Nintendo decided to make Skyrim with a Zelda skin. And that's not a bad thing, because let's be real, Skyrim is a game that's almost 10 years old and still fucking holds up, which, you know, beyond all, beyond all, like, expectation there, because, you know, there you've got the modding community as well as, like, it's been released on every single platform. You know, I mean, you can... I'm pretty sure at this point you can play Skyrim on a Nokia phone if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, no, knowing Todd Howard, he really said anything he could. I mean, I saw someone use Todd Howard as a verb on on Reddit the other day, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that that's accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he deserves um, that. <laughs> but no, I mean, the thing with, with Breath of the Wild, and like, I agree with you that like it was very open. Like, it was absolutely just go wherever, do your thing, you know? And I... Like, at first I found it very overwhelming, and because, like, this is kind of where I'm at in my gaming career, like, I don't really want a sandbox. Um, I don't really enjoy the sandbox-style games, because what sandboxes mean to me is that, like, there are a million different things I can do in a million different orders, and I need to figure out what exactly is the best order so that I get everything that I want and I don't miss anything. Um... Now, granted, you're probably sitting here thinking, well, that sounds a lot like an anxiety issue. And yes, yes, it is. Thank you for noticing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but We self-diagnose here. <laughs> yeah, I, in fairness, I, I do have a degree or two in psychology. I, I, I almost know what I'm talking about. If but, anyone would, you would. <laughs> that being said, I mean, like, for me, like, it, can, it was overwhelming at first. And I had to put the game down for about a couple of months just to figure out, like, what am I going to do with this? Because it wasn't enjoyable for me because, like, I have... You know, at this point in my life, like, I have a wife and a daughter and a job. Like, I have a very limited set of time to play video games. And so, like, when I have that limited time, I don't want to sit here and have to, like, map out my entire course. Like, I don't have, like, the 12-hour gaming days that I used to have when I was in college or high school where, like, I can just sit there and, like, play whatever I want all day and, you know, win, 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 win. Like, that's, that's not what I have now. So I need to tailor my gaming to that. And... That's where Breath of the Wild kind of fell a little bit short for me. I can't tell you it's a bad game. I can't even tell you that I didn't enjoy it, because I did. 
it was fun, and it's a very good game. It's a great game, I would say. It is not my particular flavor of tea, in this case. I think it deserves all the praise it gets, because it, it you know, it definitely takes the series in a whole different direction, and in a little bit we'll talk about, you know, some, you know, the rumors of what the game's coming out, and what they might do for the 35th anniversary moving forward, but um, it just... I always wondered if the people writing the reviews played it for more than a couple hours, because when you do first play it, it really does, you know, you can see where it all comes from, and you're like, yeah, this is an awesome game, but, like, the more you play on, the the more, like, some of the little things start to grate on you, and, and for me, like, the weapon system, I didn't really love, because, you know, I would find all these weapons, but I only have so much, you know, space in my inventory, and then when I finally face an enemy that I need like all these weapons for they all break so now i'm stuck with nothing and there's no way around it and it's just it, i think that got a little too much for me and yeah. ironically one of the things i don't like about it is for like the biggest most open you know freestyle map you could have in the zelda series i don't think there's any reason to explore it and that really disappoints me because you have the shrines but you don't get anything great after the shrines you get the little you know, collectible item at the end that eventually can turn into more item slots. I mean, it's just, that's not the kind of reward that I want. Like, and I know they, you know, they try to give you every tool from the beginning, but how cool would it be if you could find a sword that didn't break or a hook shot or just like something that you can take with you instead of just cool. I scaled this mountain and I use all my energy and all this food to get to the very top. And I found a shrine and there was a weapon that broke 10 minutes later in it. I, I just, I don't know. I, I didn't, the exploring didn't do anything for me. Yeah, I mean, personally, I hate the idea of weapon durability. I mean, the only, the only series that's ever worked for me in is Fire Emblem, but that's because I expect that game to literally punish me every time I play it. So, um, you know, like, if you're talking about a game with that, like, particular aesthetic, sure, but, like, you talk about weapon durability, I mean... That was so frustrating for me playing Breath of the Wild. I'm like, this would be so cool if I could keep a sword for more than five minutes. But guess what? I want to hit stuff with my sword. And guess what? The game really doesn't want you to do. Hit stuff with your sword. Like, it's... Again, it's a great game. And anybody who enjoys it, I'm glad you do. Like, for me, like, there were... There were problems with it. But I don't regret, you know, buying it or you know, <laughs> playing it. Like, it, it, I enjoyed it. Like, it's just, like, th there are some nits to pick there. Yeah, I, I would tell anyone who gets a Switch to, to go out and get it. And I, I would even borderline say you should get a Switch to play it. I, I think if you're a fan of the series, I, I think, you know, it, it is a really good game. It deserves the praise it gets. But I, I, I just stopped short of giving it a perfect 10 because even, you know, even today, my favorite in the series is Majora's Mask. I still think that one holds up as the best. And Even though it's not as good as Ocarina of Time. Well, you're wrong. That's fine. We can move on from that. <laughs> no, no, I'm right. No, no, definitely not. Moving on. Um, so we've kind of given you our little thoughts about, you know, the series in the past, but this is the 35th anniversary and, you know, things could be happening. But one thing that we know is going to happen in the future or, you know, near future, further along the line, is Breath of the Wild 2. Uh, and for anyone who maybe has followed some of the stuff online, this one is going to take a decidedly darker approach to the to the world uh and breath of the wild is already a pretty dark game because you know it's 
essentially starts with Link failing. Yeah, I mean, for me at least, I, I'm, I welcome the return to something a little bit darker. I mean, a little grittier. I, I'm very excited to see where this goes. I mean, I, I have not followed it super, you know, in depth. But at the same time, at the same time, like I mean, when it comes to a Zelda game, like I, I know what I want. I want sword combat. I want to go exploring. I want to go find items. I want to find a bunch of different tricks and, and tips and shortcuts and you know, hidden stuff. And I want to hear that music. Like do 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 do. I mean, that's all you really care for. Yeah, that that it, is like a Pavlovian response to me. Like, I, I just, that just makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's my text home for whenever my fiance texts me, and she doesn't get it, but I'm, I tell her it's a good thing every time. But yeah, I mean, when it comes to stuff in the future, I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm very excited for that. I and you know, you mentioned that like Breath of the Wild was arguably a reason to buy a Switch, and I agree with that. Um, but you know, getting. A second Breath of the Wild is definitely something I'd like. I, I'd like to see where that goes because that would really. I mean, you know, I mean, I haven't been excited for a new Zelda game in a while, but I am absolutely just, you know, chomping at the bit here. Let's let, let's get it out here, and I would very much like to see it in 2021. But that that would be nice, and you hope, like I said, with the 35th anniversary, like you hear some different rumors about uh, remakes of maybe Ocarina of Time, some of the N64 ones. If they do what they did with Mario and give us a, you know, Legend of Zelda 3D All-Stars, there's potential for that. Um, I, one candidate I saw out there was a lot was Skyward Sword. Maybe they beef it up a little bit. It, you know, the, the um, motion controls might be a little bit easier on the Switch than the Wii. The Yeah, the Wii. Uh, but, I, I, you know, I think there's a lot of potential going forward. And um, f- for anyone who hasn't seen some of the Breath of the Wild 2 little footage things they dropped, um, you know, we kind of see a supposedly dead reanimated Ganondorf or something like that that's, you know, channeling the calamity, it would seem like. I mean, it's they haven't given much, and, you know, Nintendo's usually pretty tight-lipped anyways, but there's really not a lot out there. Um, uh, Some rumors that you play as Zelda as well as Link, and just there's a whole lot up in the air. Um, I do hope they revisit some of our gripes that we had for Breath of the Wild 1, uh, as well as improving upon it, because if this is their new template going forward, much like they did with Ocarina of Time, and just kind of, you know, build games off of that, I hope they're not too set in their ways to say, we found our template and let's not touch it. Yeah, I mean, like, to me, if they get rid of having to, you know, get new get new weapons every five minutes, then, like, I'm, I'm sold. Like, you'll, you'll absolutely have me, you know, hooked. I would... Um, I'd be very interested to play in Zelda, and like I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm basing this off like Zelda's moves in Smash Brothers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's good enough reason. I mean, I, I would like to see like how that pans out. I feel like if anybody can can come up with a way to make an adventure game where you play as like two different protagonists, like you know, interesting and good, I feel like that's Nintendo. Like you know, and, and to do so like while having like varied and different, but also like smooth and like enjoyable gameplay like that's that's right up their alley so i i do think that'd be a cool thing if you could if you could have that but i'm i mean like we can sit here and tell them what to innovate on but really like you know they're they've got some wacky shit going on back there already and it's just gonna be a matter of what actually makes it to to the cup oh yeah i mean for as much as we can try to pretend to make up i mean you gotta figure they're you know 10 steps ahead of everyone um you just gotta wait and see and you know the switch is getting close to the end of its life cycle which astounds me because i feel like i just got it for god's sakes but you know here we are we're probably thinking about a new nintendo system coming out and 
it doesn't feel like Breath of the Wild 2 is going to spill over to that, but again, I mean, if you're going to try to launch a new system, that could be what you want to launch it with. It could be. I mean, like, I also, I also honestly feel like Nintendo has previously, like, refrained from putting their Zelda games, like, at the beginning of a console, just because... And, and like, you know, feel free to disagree with me or, or like, point out where exactly where I'm wrong, because I could be. But I feel like, you know, memory-wise, I remember that, like, they usually leave the Zelda games for a couple years in because they need to figure out, like, exactly, like, where the limits are and how far they can push them. Um, you know, the Zelda games are the ones that they take a little extra time on and do a little bit more stuff with, and that's why you had stuff like, you know, Ocarina of Time, like, absolutely pushed the N64 to the limit, you know, I mean, from what I understand, like, between that and Majora's Mask is when they started figuring out what, that they need more RAM, and that's where the expansion pack, like, development started. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's really just, I, I'm... I'd be happy to see it at the, at the end of the life cycle. I'd be happy to see it on the next one. I mean, I... You're right, though. I can't believe that the Switch is, like, nearing the end of its life cycle. <laughs> like, this this stuff seems to happen so fast, and, you know, I... We could probably spend all day on this discussion, but it's one of the things that bothers me as a console gamer. Is like, you know, every few years, like, you're upgrading to a new system, and you're paying more for games, and, you know, it, it's just... It feels like a rat race, you know, it, does, it, it doesn't really feel enjoyable because you can't really go back and get, like, cheap games. And it's, you know, let me just say I'm a big fan of emulation. Let's go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that that could be a whole other podcast on itself. And you know what? Maybe it will be. But, you know, I think we've uh, kind of given you our thoughts on Zelda, you know, both past and present and how we feel about it. And, you know, as I said earlier, it's, it's basically on the top 10 of all of our lists. And, you know, as we create more lists, I'm sure it'll be up there again. Uh, But, you know, for now, I'm Danny. And I'm Donnie. And this has been a Mega Bros Podcast.